love under grace. I love Dan no matter what because I'm under grace. Uh, what year is this? Anybody know what year this is? Year of healing. We're believing God that this is going to be some supernatural time to, for people to receive healing. And uh, even while, you know, this is the thing with God. You know, I remember I was teaching up at, at Karis actually last year, and this guy, I mentioned about healing, talked about healing a little bit, and this gentleman student said, I want you to know, tell me what I need to do to be healed. And I said, healing is not a formula. Our relationship with God is not a formula. Faith is not a formula. Anything to do with God is not a formula. You need to just to get to know God and find out because I, I live by formula. Have you lived by formula a lot of your life? My walk with God has been a lot of formulas. You know, make sure every I is dotted and every T is crossed so I can be a recipient of what God has for me. And uh, this is the great thing about God. He's merciful and he'll, he'll, he'll move in that as much as you allow him to. But you won't be able to have the freedom. Aren't you glad that you don't have, you know, what if your relationship with your spouse or your children was like that? I'm going to really love you if you take the trash out. If you don't take the trash out. John 16, 33. Are you ready for this? This is our scripture for the year. Can we read this? This is a long one to read out loud. Can you all do this out loud? All right. I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world, you're going to have tribulation, trials, distress, and frustration. But be of good cheer. Take courage, be confident, certain, undaunted, for I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you, and I have conquered it for, he conquered it for you. Jesus came for you. He conquered it for you. Last week, we talked about our imagination and seeing, being able to see, have an imagination and uh I know that um, a lot of times, you know, if you're retired and you're older, you just think, well, you know, I, I'm really not looking to have uh, another career. I'm not looking to have my imagination to seize things that, you know, what you were talking about. For, But listen to me. I, as long as you have breath in your lungs, you need to have an imagination for God to be doing something. We all need to have an imagination for people to be healed in the service, for our city to prosper, for our city to grow, for our city to be blessed. I tell you what, I've been in Pueblo a long time, and man, has it ever come up notch after notch after notch. I'm pretty sure we're bypassing Springs. Two of you. I'm not talking about population-wise. Anybody from Colorado Springs? I've, I probably should. All of y'all. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I love Colorado Springs. <laughs> you know, when I start meddling, I get in trouble. My wife has warned me about that. But anyway, my point is this. You know, people, uh, you know, they, they rank cities in our state and our nation, you know, and everything. And it just appears to me since I've moved here. I'm not originally from Pueblo, but I love Pueblo probably more than any person living in this city. But I will say this, it just appears when I first moved in this city that Pueblo was considered, what's the right word? Third class, fourth class, fifth class, not even in the class. 
And I just believe it always I just knew there was always a stirring in my heart that this is God's city. So I've always believed that good things are going to happen in Pueblo and that it's not third class, fourth class. As far as God is concerned, it's always first class. I'm going to eventually get to my message, so just hang on for those who are waiting. I wanted to quote this from Einstein. Einstein said this about imagination. I just wanted to take a couple points because I didn't hardly get started in last week's message. Einstein said imagination is more important than knowledge. Knowledge can be great, but imagination can even be greater. We need to imagine great things about, you know, it should start with your life and your family, your relationships, your home, your job. You should have a great imagination about that it can be better. Anything where you're at, you may think that you're at a good place, but trust me, you know we're close to where God wants you to be. It can be better. Everything can be better. I uh, listened to this minister, a friend of mine back in Indiana sent me this, and he said, Mike, you got to listen to this guy, and I've never heard of him. But he was talking about um, he's done a real thorough investigation of every major sickness or pandemic or plague in the history of America. And he said he noticed that after every pandemic or every plague that the church had a great reformation right after that. You know, there's so many times the church, we we prepare people to go to heaven or to get to heaven. I think that is the least that, the, that should be, if you're making a list of things to do, I, should, I think that should be pretty far down. I believe we should prepare people's heart to have the victory while they're on this planet. I see so many people suffering with their finances, with their health, with their relationships. And so most Christians want the rapture to happen like yesterday. And they're waiting on God to take us all home. I just, this is my opinion. I don't think that should be on your forefront 24-7. Don't get me wrong. I, it, when the role is called up yonder, I'm going to be there, all right? You definitely don't want me to sing that song. But anyway, my point is this, is that if our mentality is to escape, listen to me now, is to escape instead of stay here and walk in his power and his love, are are we really going to be missing what God wants to do right here, right now, today? It's just a thought, and that's my opinion. But I just believe that the church has missed out on, let's just leave this place. Let's just get out of here. And don't get me wrong, there's been times in my life when I thought, today would be a good day, Lord. <laughs> if, you, if you had a few of those days, you know, like, if you're thinking about it, this would be good. Come now, even so, Lord Jesus. But uh, I want to talk to you today about, evidently, many things, but um, <laughs> love under grace. Love under grace. Let me give you a couple of of statements here. 
Grace is God giving us what we need, not what we deserve. Grace is a state of sanctification and joy through divine assistance. Grace is when someone does something for you that you could never deserve or earn or repay. His grace, God's grace, is an expression of his love. His unmerited favor is in a demonstration of his unconditional love. Which means that God loves you no matter what. Do you struggle with loving people sometimes? Don't, that's the rhetorical question. Don't answer that. <laughs> and whatever you do, don't pump your spouse or whoever you're sitting next to. Do you, I mean, but I think we all do from time to time. If we're honest, that we struggle loving people, especially sometimes those that we love the most or show that love. We struggle at that, you know. I, I remember working at FedEx, and as soon as I said that, that guy's face popped up in my mind. My, you know, it's like, wow, I just had a hard time loving this guy. He was just like, and, and I, I felt sorry for him because he had zero friends, and I mean zero and the whole station knew and avoided him like he had COVID even way back then. You know what I mean? And um, so anyway, I mean, I wasn't walking real close with God. I knew God, but I wasn't, you know, I just knew God. And so, but I felt sorry for him. I had a soft spot in my heart for him. So I tried once, twice, just to talk to him. You know, because after you talk to this guy for a minute and a half, because he's going to say something that's jerkified or just like, you know, um, don't y'all know what that means? I mean, jerkified. But, I mean, I, you, you just wanted to just like, okay, this conversation is done. One minute, 30 seconds. That's about all I can have. Okay. Okay. But I would try again and try again and try. And the emphasis is I was trying to do something, to perform, to have even a conversation with this guy. And I have not learned all of this by any stretch of the imagination, but I do know this, that we have to have a revelation of the love of God that does not have to do with performance, even when it comes to loving one another. Because, I mean, unless you're perfect, anybody? I just want to make sure I'm talking to the right congregation. Because, I mean, we, we a lot of times, our relationship and our love will only go as far as our ticked-offness will go. <laughs> you went past the line, so we're done here. We're done here. I just know that's not Jesus. It's not God. Now, don't, you know, if there's two ditches on each side of the road, I don't, I don't feel like, you know, you, you ought to be letting people stomp on you, slap you around, or anything like that. Everybody, don't get stupid on me, all right? But I do believe that a lot of times we rely upon our own strength when it comes to loving people. And that's not going to take you very far. Grace, if you take, you know, each letter of grace, G-R-A-C-E, grace, 
It's God's riches at Christ's expense. What Christ did on the cross already paid for everything. And it's all paid for, including our mistakes, our weaknesses, our insecurities, and everything in between. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and 2 says this, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have access by faith into this grace. Listen to me. We have access into all of the grace we need, but it's access by what? By faith. By faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. When God talks about his grace, he's given himself. He just doesn't give you something. He's giving you himself. We can say that God is love. We can say that God is grace. He actually is saying that God is giving you himself. Because of us having Jesus in us, we can truly love anyone. We can truly love anyone, even those people who are like sandpaper. I'm not saying that you have to be best friends with somebody. It's always going to constantly irritate you. But I do know this. If I would have learned something about grace when I worked back at FedEx, it would have been a lot easier when I came in contact with that person. Instead of like everybody at the station goes, here he comes. And just avoid him. Jesus didn't avoid anybody. Matter of fact, he would encounter those that were rejected by everybody. He went out of his way to reach those people, whether it was the tax collector that none of the Jewish people liked because he was a Jew working for the Romans and collecting money. Zacchaeus, God says, I'm going to come and eat at your house today. That just really ticked off everybody. I just believe that this world would be a much better place for you if all of us had a revelation of love under the covering of grace. John 1.17 says, For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. I thought of this this week when... You know, reading about, I know our church is going through the Bible, you know, reading through the Bible plan and everything. And I thought of this when we read our Bible. We, I've read my Bible before where it's just you're reading it from a theological standpoint or you're reading it from a historical standpoint, which is all good. But in reality, God wants us to read the Bible so that you can do and walk just like Jesus walked. I know most of us probably think, I just can't grab a hold of that. And the fact that you can lay hands on sick people and they can recover. You just say, man, I don't know. Reading the word will stir that inside of you if you're reading it from that viewpoint. I read the Bible, you know, when I was a kid growing up. Because I knew that was the religious thing to do. But I do believe that, 
You know, I always thought this. Let me go on a rabbit trail here. I always thought, and I still believe to some degree, you know, when the children of Israel in Egypt, and they left Egypt, you've heard teaching and maybe even me say that was leaving the world. Egypt was the world, which I believe that could be it. But I've also believed this. That Egypt is the way that you used to worship or you think you put God in a particular box to worship him. God says, I'm going to take you to a land flowing with milk and honey to the promised land. And you're going to go away that you've never been before. I would think opening up the Red Sea would qualify for that. I'm going to take you to a place... And you're going, I'm, the place that I'm going to take you is going to be, be a way that you've never been this way before. I believe, my opinion, that God is going to reveal himself in a way that this world's never seen. But I do believe he's waiting on a body of believers... To come out of Egypt, not the world, but the way that you think God ought to be, should be, and always has been. Some of you here are raised up in church. Some of you are charismaniacs, raised in that. And some of you are, listen to me, I'm speaking to somebody. Some of you are waiting for us to get back to that. Waiting to get back to, you would never say it, to the good old days. You know where, man, we just felt God and we saw God move. I'm just, we just need to get back to that. I'm here to tell you that that ship has sailed. But what are you going to do? I truly believe, like I've said about a month ago, about your relationship with God can be so different than what it has been. I told God this. I said, I want to have a relationship with you as almighty God. You know, it's always good to be best friends with somebody that can beat up everybody. (laughs) When I was in the fourth or fifth grade, fifth grade, uh, David Coleman. He was um, just, if I thought of what Adam looked like, I would have thought of him. Man, just muscular, good-looking guy, women falling all over him and everything. But I just liked hanging around him because nobody would mess with me. This guy, in the fifth grade, he was a muscle maniac. Big, tall, just big, just, tall, just strong, just don't mess with me type of guy. I wanted him to be my best friend. Because I was five foot midget and weighed 50 pounds, man, and hope the wind didn't blow that day. But it's always good to have somebody in that kind of relationship because nobody's going to mess with you when you're with him. So I want my relationship to be with God kind of like in that category. You, you understand that? God Almighty. I mean, he's God Almighty. But I also want the relationship God my father. He's my father. He's daddy. He's not just father God. He's daddy, which means I can crawl up on his lap and say, Dad, 
been having some issues, and I just, it's just been, you know, life has been, it's just been, man, I just need to talk to you, Dad. I want that kind of relationship. But I also want the relationship with God as my friend, where I can tell him anything, where he can tell me anything, and we can have fun together. Most people think God and fun should never be in the same sentence. I think that's been the Egypt that we've had. Our relationship with God has been there. And God says, I can be all things to you. He says that in the Bible. To the the fatherless, I can be your father. You know, you can sit there and say, man, I've not had a good father. I've not had a good mother. Or I was an orphan. Or I would fill in the blank. And you can ride that pony as long as you want. But it will take you to a destination that you will not like. Or you can say, God, I'm going to look to you as my dad. I'm going to look to you as my mom. I'm going to look to you as my husband. I'm going to look to you as my wife. I'm going to look to you as my fr- Fill in the blank. God says, I'm every- that's why he told Moses, tell them I am sent me. I am what? I am whatever you need. I'm your healer. I'm your provider. I'm your ter- caretaker. I'm your protector. But I also can be your friend. But listen, if you're not looking for that, you won't ever expect that to happen. And I believe most people don't look for that. They look at God as just God Almighty ready to just slap the snot out of you if you make a mistake. And that's not him at all. But this is what I mean. We, we can read the Bible and get a lot more out of it than what we have been getting out of it. Elijah, if you study the, the man Elijah... Man, that dude did some miracles. He was a powerful man of God. And we think he was something special, but it says in James chapter 5, verse 17, Elijah was a man with human frailties, just like all of us. But he prayed and received supernatural answers. He actually shut the heavens over the land so there would be no rain for three and a half years. That's pretty powerful. And we read that, and we read him about it in the Old Testament, but we forget that he's just somebody like you. He's just somebody like you. All of the disciples, you know, everybody says, you know, when the last apostle died, you know, all the power uh, went away with him and everything. You know, I was taught that when I was growing up, but I'm telling you what, that's such a lie. But you look at the, they were special people. Are you kidding me? Thomas doubted that Jesus would come back after he said he was going to be raised from the dead. Peter denied him. Peter, Jesus who? I, I don't know who that is. He walked with him for three years and he said, Jesus who? I don't know him. These guys were just like you and me. They were just like you and me. The Bible was written so that you and I can grab a hold of it and start thinking and imagining and living a different way in which we can have victory wherever we go. I know this. We all have to have help to get there. I was thinking about, you know, life, this journey that we're all on with finding out who God is. He's God, God Almighty. He's God Father. And he's God, your friend. He's God, fill in the blank, whatever you want him to be. But I do know this. 
there's a place, you know, we, we say, I can do Philippians 4.30, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We believe that. We can do all things through Jesus. But there is places where we can't get on our own. There's places, what do I mean by that? There's just places where you can't get on your own because of whatever. Your gifting may not be this, and your gifting may not be that. So, you know, there's certain giftings that uh, I know that people, I mean, like, you know, everybody says, oh, you can play basketball like Michael Jordan. No, you can't. I don't care. You know, you tell somebody like that, and man, the guy can't dribble and walk at the same time. You, th- th- that's not going to happen. You know, you can throw the football like Tom Brady or, or John Elway or fill in the blank, you know, you, and, and, you, and, and, and you throw like that, just a, a pebble, yeah, that ain't going to happen. It is just not going to happen. You're not that gifted. So my point is there's giftings that we don't have, but there's places that God says, I want to take you, but you're going to need help to get there. God has put people in my path and over the last 50 years of my life. He's put people on my path to help me to be where I'm at today, but I still know there's a higher place. You know, in Kentucky, you, may, you would never see this in Colorado, but in Kentucky, you may see this, a turtle on a fence post. Now, you see that turtle on that fence post, and the first thought that should come to your mind is he had help to get there. (laughs) He had help. He could not climb up that fence post to get up on top of it. No, he had help. Somebody picked him up and put him at a high place that he could not get to on its own. The Bible says this about us, that we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. A place where you and I could never get to on our own. We had to have help. That's spiritually speaking. But there's also some places while you're here on this earth that God says, I want you to get to this place. And most of us have the mentality that I can never do that. I'm not smart enough. I'm not, and you fill in the blank. But this is the thing. God will literally put people in your path to get you promoted, to get you elevated, to get you to a place where you can never get on your own. He will. I'm living proof of that. I am living proof of that. I've had relatives who spoke into my life spiritually. You know, I've got a brother-in-law that I probably wouldn't even be preaching today if it wasn't for him. He just stirred me up when I joined the Air Force, and when I came home, he just always talked about the Bible, always talked, and he says, you got to go to this church that, that they have miracles. They believe in miracles, Mike. And I went, what? You know, I didn't know if we are going to get ready to go to you know, some kind of cult thing and see a sacrifice or something. I don't know what. You know, I was 18 years old. I just got out of boot camp for the Air Force. I didn't know what was going to happen. And when I got there, though, my heart exploded. I thought, there is 
a reality to God that I've never embraced or known. I still think there's that. There's that it factor where God wants to show himself at a greater degree. I'm just wanting to see that. You know, you say, well, we walk by faith, not by sight. Absolutely get that. I know that. But having said that, if we don't have a desire to see God move, God change people's lives, listen, we, we all try to, to work so hard to be in a right position. And I just really believe that we have to get the relationship with God and then you don't have to work. That turtle did not work at all to get up on that fence post. He could have stared at it and crawled, you know, clawed at the post, but it would have not, he, he, there's no way he could have worked hard enough to get up there. But just somebody, it was such a simple thing, he just relaxed. And in his relaxation, he got to a higher place that he could never gotten to. There's places not only for you to get to, maybe it is a better promotion, a higher job, but spiritually speaking, there's places that God wants to take you that you could have never just did that just by thinking that, you know, I, I, there has to be a stirring inside of us, a stirring. God wants us to see us on top of that fence post, whatever that may be, whatever picture that is for you. Are we trying to get to the blessing or are we living our life from the blessing? Living our life as a son, you live your life from an inheritance. I'll say it again. If you're living your life as a son, you live your life from the inheritance. And most people don't even know what their inheritance is. But Jesus said, I'm leaving you, and I'm leaving you everything that I am. Everything that I am, everything that I possess. So we think, man, I've got to have help in this. David realized that he needed help. In Psalms 42, 11, he says, so I say to my soul, don't be discouraged. Don't be disturbed, for I know my God will break through for me. I know my God will break through for me. Then I'll have plenty of reasons to praise him all over again. Yes, living before his face is my saving grace. The love under grace that I'm talking about, you know, there's, there's all of this grace for us, and it causes and it gives you and I the ability to love people, to not be frustrated with people. But I've noticed that for me, it's like I have to try harder. I'm really going to love this person more. I'm really going to be, oh, I'm just not going to be. And that lasts about a day, maybe. But there is an enablement inside of you and me that can help you to do that that puts you up on a higher plane. There's things that can hinder us. I got to hurry. There's three things. There's several things maybe that can hinder us from 
walking in that grace. Now, I'm careful to do this because anytime you give somebody two or three things to do, they feel like if I don't do them, then I flunk. This is how we read the Bible. This is how our relationship with God goes. He says, you know, I want you to do this. And where I, all of a sudden, our performance switch gets turned on, and we think, this is what I have to do to get that. That's what we do. I guarantee you the majority of all of us in here, that's our default. That is our default switch. So if I want to get something from God, well, I need to do this. And so I'm going to give you three things, but you need to get this from a position of that you're in the grace of God to do these three things. Not from the position, if I don't do these three things, then this won't happen. That's a tremendous perception that you need to get. Again, it's from a position of grace that I have it, I'm blessed with this, therefore it's no big deal for me to do these three things. Instead of, if I don't do these three things, then I'm left sitting outside wondering. Are you getting this? This is everything to do with what you read in the Word of God when God says to do something. If you sit there and go, okay, I've got to do this. I'm going to do this harder. You're going to miss it, and you won't do it. All right? So we're looking at these three things from a position of grace. Real quick, bitterness can just hinder from the grace of God to flow out of you. Hebrews 12, 15 says, look at each other so that none of you falls, fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you and corrupting many. So don't be bitter. Don't be resentful. That's just a warning on your dashboard. But don't just think if you have the mentality, oh, dear Lord, I got to make sure I don't have bitterness. No, don't. Stop it. Stop it. You have grace to walk in love, love under grace. You have grace to walk in never to let bitterness attach itself to you, ever. Somebody offends you, somebody treats you bad, and you want to write a country song. (laughs) Instead of writing a country song, the country song should be, I'm blessed going in, I'm blessed going out. That should be your country song. Maybe a little bit more on tune, but that should be the words of your country song. Let's just say that. Are you hearing me? Number two, pride can hinder your grace walk. James 4, 6, but he continues to pour out more and more grace upon us. For it says, God resists you when you are proud, but continually pours out grace when you are humble. What, what's up with that? Well, it's not just, oh, I got to make sure I got pride. You know, I used to go on a pride kick. Just make sure I don't have any pride within me. You know, I can see why the religious people back in the day would put on sackcloth and ashes. You know what sackcloth is? That's just like those gunny sacks. You put on, you know, you put a couple of arms in the gunny sack and put ashes on you. And that now you're being religious. You are being, woo, you're humbling yourself. No, you're not. You are so far away from what God wants. I said, you are so far away. Sometimes we don't have a clue what humility is. We don't, especially church people. (laughs) That would be you. 
and me. You know, I just know that when we think that I got to make sure I don't have pride in my pride in my life, but this is what God is saying. If you think you can perform to get what God has for you, that's pride. If you think that you can do better to get something or to walk in what God has for you, even in love. Because, see, I used to do this in love. Man, I got to love my wife better. I just got to love my wife better. I'm going to try harder. I'd work for about a couple of days. And then maybe she would do something that I just went, eh. No one liked that. And all my trying was washed away. Done. You know why? Because it was pride in thinking that if I tried hard enough that I could get to the grace to love enough. But if I position myself from grace and say, God, I need your help. Did you know the Bible says, you know, we quote this lot, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Bless God, I'm going to do that. You cannot. In your own strength, no man can love his wife. You know, so women, don't quote that scripture to your husband. You know what the Bible says? You're supposed to love me as Christ loved the church. Okay, that's what they say in Kentucky, but probably not here. But no, no, you don't love. You can't do that and expect somebody to do it. No, it's a position that, God, I have to have your grace, your strength, and your ability if I'm ever going to do that. I'm not even going to try on my own strength. I'm not going to try on my own might because I cannot do that in my own self. So this is what you do. You say, God, I want your grace to be able to love my wife correctly the way that she needs to be loved. So I need your grace to love this person. I need your grace to love this person. And then number three, rely on your own works frustrates the grace of God. It frustrates the grace of God. This is what the book of Galatians is all about. They started out by walking in the spirit, and they ended up walking in the flesh or in their own strength. Paul got upset with him. He says, man, you can't do that. You started out right, but then you turned it into a works program. Romans 5.20, where sin does abound, grace does much more abound. Anything that's going to be works-oriented or sin-oriented, God says, I have grace enough to cover that. So anytime you are failing, you feel like, in the area of love, there's grace to cover that. But we just have to look to God for that. Look to God for that. Instead of your own might and your own strength. Because there is only so much strength that you and I have. Is that true? There's only so much strength you can go for. Only such performance level. You you may be one of those really type A, super disciplined people that you can do it. You will run out of strength. I don't care how much you think that you have. But the great thing is God's grace is limitless. So... Just know that you don't have to be resentful, you don't have to be prideful, and you don't have to rely upon your own strength to love people, to do anything in this life. God wants you to rely upon him. His grace has got you covered. Even when it comes to loving people, even when it comes to doing anything in this life, there's grace for you to do it. There's grace for you to do it. And I know a lot of you think, 
Are you going to teach us something else besides grace? There's been people that have left our church before, and they told me that. You can usually talk to somebody in five minutes and know if they have a clue about grace. I don't have all the grace revelation that I need. Because, see, grace is a person. I'm going to say it again. Grace is a person. It's not something that God has given you and me to help us in this life. He has given himself. I was listening to some song on the radio and it said, Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. Sometimes I cry out to God, God, I need this. You know, you may cry out, I need patience. I need strength. I need to have this love and everything. And what God is just saying, this is what he told Paul. My grace is sufficient for you. What is he saying? Jesus is all you need. If you got him, everything is covered. You have him today, ladies and gentlemen, which means there's no circumstance, there's no relationship, There's no problem that should be overwhelming you to the degree that you feel hopeless. I don't think America is going to hell in a handbasket. I don't think all this wokeness and all this other stuff that's going on is going to have the victory or the last word to say. I believe my God, the almighty God, is going to have a word to say. I believe my father is going to have a word to say, and I believe my friend is going to have a word to say. He just needs us to be stirred in our hearts to believe that we have hope. I'm just going to pray for all of us to have a revelation not to rely upon our own strength, to rely upon his grace. It'll take you far. His grace calls you to pray for somebody that you've may say that's just not my personality to pray for somebody you can get so stirred up with grace that you see somebody hurting so much that you feel like man I don't want to see them hurt when the Bible says Jesus had compassion on them anytime you read that phrase in the Bible Matthew Mark Luke and John Jesus had compassion on them that just didn't mean uh, he felt sorry for them You know, we feel sorry for people. Oh, somebody's in pain. Oh, I would feel really sorry for them. No, compassion, if you study out in the Greek, it means I see that you're in need. And there is something inside of me that can meet that need. Wow. But it's not just true for Jesus. There's stuff inside of you that can meet the need of people. Are you hearing me? Start believing that. Start seeing that. Start imagining that. Start imagining yourself helping people. I imagine myself helping people. I'm starting to think bigger. I'm imagining myself to buy somebody a house. Paid for, debt free. See those red letters on the contract that says paid for. Oh, I love that. 
I paid off some things. Don't you love that when you paid off some things? You know, I've got something paid off for you. stamped on down. You go, I love that red. You usually don't like red, but you like that red. Paid for. Dream not. You think, well, I'm having a hard time. I rent right now, and I have struggled paying my rent. And you want me to think about paying for somebody's stuff? Yeah, I do. How can you get there? you on that fence post. There you go. There you go, little turtle. You can't get on that fence. Oh, I got you on that fence post. You don't have to worry about how to get there. I got you covered. You ever see a turtle on a fence post, you know it had help. God's ready to lift up some turtles and put them on a fence post right here in Pueblo, Colorado. Father, I just pray in Jesus' name, the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened that we may have the greatest imagination to be used by God. Grace, the Lord Jesus Christ, just overwhelm us with his compassion when we see people hurting, when we see people in need. May dreams and visions come alive. I believe, Father, that you're going to speak to people in visions. I believe you're going to speak to people in this congregation and those hearing my voice. You'll speak to them by visions and dreams. You'll speak to them by such a strong inter-knowing that they just feel like they have to do this particular thing. They've never thought of it before, but today, this week, this month, those coals that have been inside of them sitting dormant, the Holy Ghost will blow on them and start a fire. Things that have been dead, it seems like, are just ashes that are inside of somebody who used to have a dream, who used to have this, but now it's a pile of ashes. That God Almighty, the one who can create, will create those ashes into something beautiful, a masterpiece. I pray that for people, God. Not just be religious words that I'm praying, but the reality of God the Father, God the Son, and God our friend. We pray, Father, for the Holy Ghost leads people. I believe there's going to be supernatural leadings within people today. Supernatural leading of people. Some of them it may be a total job, career change. Some of them may just be <laughs> a promotion that they never saw coming. And some people have divine appointments of meeting someone that will take them to a destination they can never get to on their own. This is a day we need to realize that the supernatural is alive and well in Pueblo, Colorado. And that God desires to open a door that you could never open in yourself. God desires to open doors that you can never even dream about. But all of a sudden you get that one phone call. You get meet that one person and a door supernaturally opens. And how could this be? How could this be? This is why David said, I will praise you, O God, my Father. Why so downcast, O my soul? Put your trust in him. Father, let there be great trust within each and every person today. Such an overwhelming trust that they trust God that they are going <laughs> to the promised land. Houses they didn't build, vineyards they didn't plant, wells they didn't dig. How did they get it? It was because of 
our God. And they will get people. There will be people that they meet. There will be situations that they hear about and investigate. There will be job opportunities. And they will even create jobs that they've never thought of. People can create businesses that's never been thought of before. Oh, the creativity of Almighty God is in this place. The creativity of Almighty God, the one who spoke and the stars came into existence, galaxies and planets and the universe, planets and stars bigger than we could ever imagine. He's the one who lives inside of you. How much creativity do you need? (laughs) Oh, hallelujah. Open your eyes and see. Open your eyes and see. Open your eyes and see. Jordy Waller. Is that you? I see the spotlight in my eye, but I thought it was you. That was for you. It's for a lot of people in here. But there's going to be a door in your future open up. It's greater than what you ever dreamed about. Listen to me. You need to believe that. You know, I heard a minister years ago. I'm really rambling. Super Bowl doesn't start to 4.30, so we're good. Um, I heard a minister say this. I heard somebody in my church when I was young, younger man, and uh, he, he, I just thought, whoa, I wish that word was given to me. The Spirit of God inside of me sit there and said, grab hold of it. God is no respecter of persons. And when I thought that, then the minister said, you know what? You know, if, you, if, you, if that word just excites you, you grab a hold of it. And I thought, whoa, confirmation. It's true. If somebody gets a word or something spoken out and you just hear that, and you think, oh, I wish you said it to me. Don't, you know, stop the self-pity. Slap yourself up. Grab yourself up and go, whoo, I'm grabbing hold. Thank you, Lord, for speaking that to me. I grab hold of that. Believe for the supernatural door. Believe for increase. God is the God of increase. He's the God of increase. And some of you think, well, I, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. There's a higher road for you. There is a higher road. You know, you may want to help somebody buy their lunch. You may want to help somebody to buy them a car. You may want to help somebody to buy them a house or you may just want to help somebody for every need that they may have there's you can you want to just keep going on there's something bigger there is something bigger there is something bigger get ready to, to be put on a fence post say 